Good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. Glad to have you with us here in the facility and welcome to those of you joining us online. We're so glad to have you with us as well on this Sunday morning. It's a beautiful day down here in the Keys and uh, hope it's hope it's lovely wherever you are. We have people watching us all over the world at all different times. I think that's really cool. And uh, so welcome to those of you who tune in every week. We're glad you're with us. We're going to finish up a series today called Keep in Step. And we started this uh, before Christmas sometime. Took a little break during Christmas and talked about Advent. But uh, the idea behind this series was my trying to encourage you to read through the Bible all the way through. And I hope you're doing that. If you haven't started, I hope you will start. Uh, it takes 80 hours to read through the Bible. A lot of believers haven't read it. They've read parts. They read it all the time, perhaps, but they just haven't read it all the way through. The only way you're going to get to some of the stuff that's in there is by reading it for yourself. And so, you know, my, my thing was like, do 15 minutes a day, six days a week, and you'll have it done in a year. Start in the New Testament, Matthew 1.1, work your way all the way through the New Testament, then hop into the Old Testament, Genesis 1.1, and read through till you're done. Press in in the harder stuff. Sometimes it does get, you've got to work through some of it, but there's so many cool things in there. And the idea was, because we spent that time before then talking about the whole story, we did a very foundational series. Once you know the entire story and how it works, the Bible, when you read it, will just come alive in that. And I don't do this often, but if you weren't here for that foundational series, uh, which is called An Unshakable Foundation, you should watch it. It's like it's long, but I think it's really helpful and that there's a lot of stuff in there that's really important. So I'd encourage you to do that. So this series was about that. Hey, let's read. You know, you should be reading every day and you should be getting something out of the scripture as you read it. Remember, we jumped back into Exodus in this one and it's supposed to get into our heart, become our heartbeat, get into our minds, move out into our lives. We looked at stories, how the Bible is for everybody. So we press in. And so we, we started looking at Galatians together. And the thought behind that was, it's only six chapters. Let's read through the six chapters, and I'll talk about it, and we'll try and get something out of every chapter that is applicable to our daily lives. And that this should be something that's happening as you read. The Holy Spirit will show you things, and you can apply them. That's from your heart, your heartbeat, into your mind, into your lives. That's what's supposed to be happening. So we've been doing that in this series, and... Um, we're going to finish up with that today by looking at Galatians 6, and I'll make some tie-ins of the whole thing and all that's going on. So that's what we're going to do today. Bad joke time. These are really bad. Thank you very much. It amazes me how much exercise and extra fries sound alike. So just pick whichever one you like and do that. This is really bad. You want to know what makes me smile? Face muscles. <laughs> I told you it was bad. Had a bit of a strange day yesterday. First, I found a hat full of money. Then, I was chased by an angry guy with a guitar. <laughs> Alice, rescue me. Lead us in the reading of the word. Pray for us, particularly me. I do, honey, every day. Thank you. Pray every day. I hope that guy in Key West didn't catch you. No, uh -uh. I still got the big hat full of money. If you've ever been down there, you've seen someone playing guitar with a hat. 
Okay, I don't have anything but God because I can't rescue him from those bad jokes. So let's go ahead and press into Papa this morning, shall we? Thank you, Lord. King Jesus, come again and fill this room. Just fill it with your grace and your mercy and your kindness, Father. Fill it with healing, Lord, and forgiveness. Father, just wherever we're at, touch us with exactly what we need and we'll know it was you. And you will get all the glory. And we thank you, Father, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And that same Father of lights that put all the stars in the sky knows every hair on our heads. May we know you more. Less of us, Father, and more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you please stand for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Galatians as we finish up Steve's series of Keeping in Step. And this is chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And blessed be the word of God. You may be seated. You actually responded better to that bad jokes than the last group did by a long shot. It was like weirdly silent in here. <laughs> Thank you for pretending. So Galatians, fascinating passage of scripture. And I love how Paul, because now when, when you're reading Paul's letters and stuff, you'll see how he's constantly weaving the bigger story in and out of it. And then it all begins to make sense. And in Galatians, remember, what's happened is a lot of people have come to know Jesus, but now another group of people have shown up and they're trying to put stuff on them. Um, and and they're, they're telling them, no, this is what you need. These are the this is all this. And it's, it's ruining them. But some of them are thinking, well, maybe it would just be easier to go in that direction. And that's kind of what's happening behind the letter. And he's been bringing us really fascinating points in each of the five chapters. We'll get to that in a minute. But in chapter 6... He brings in this idea of reaping and sowing. It's very important that we understand reaping and sowing and what it means. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a part of the economy of the kingdom of God, if you would. But I, when I say economy, I don't mean it's, it's all, all financial, because that's how a lot of people think that this means. Oh, it's about sowing and reaping financially. It's, it's much different than that. There's a whole lot more behind it and what's going on. And so we need to understand the concept. And he says in verse 7, don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. A person reaps what they sow. Whoever sows to please their flesh 
from the flesh will reap destruction. There's no life there. But whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And so he's, he's bringing in these ideas now of everything he's been talking about. And as you remember in the last chapter, we looked at a couple different lists of things. Uh, and we, in Galatians chapter 5. And the, the one list we looked at was the fruit of the Spirit. And that's a, that's a really cool list. Uh, you know, love is patient, love is kind. No, that's Corinthians 4. I got, I got, see, I jumped in the wrong verse. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So he brought that in. And that's what's supposed to be happening in us as we yield to the Holy Spirit. Those are the things that are um, being developed in us. And those things help us to experience eternal life, now and forever. Not just off in the distant, but remember, when you come to know Jesus, you, your eternal life has started. And, and so it's started now. So these things are supposed to help us. Well, there's another list in there of things that, that are not good for us. And some people, they read that and they go, well, Paul says we're not under the law, but these are the things that we can't do now. Uh, and, and that's how we're going to earn our way to heaven. It has nothing to do with that. That other list... Are, are things that are dehumanizing. They make you less human. And there's a big list. I don't need to read it again. We looked at it last week. But, but they're, they're activities. It, it is sort of the enemy's way of doing things. And I remember last week I said vices are fairly easy. You kind of fall into them. But it takes us really renewing our minds to go the way of the Spirit. And, and yet that's where we need to put our energies. We need to sow into walking this life out in Jesus, listening, yielding to the Holy Spirit, so that we can experience the full and abundant life He's came for us. Don't take the easy route. Don't go backwards. Don't go doing things the old way. Don't let people come and put a whole bunch of stuff on you. Just listen to the Spirit and walk with Him and be led with Him. That's what this life is all about. The Holy Spirit is in us. He's leading. He's guiding. And we're to press in to, to that and, and be learning how to live life that way, aware of all the other things that will try and come along. Remember he said at one point, he said, who's bewitched you? Having started with the Spirit, why would you go to any other way? Why would you try and do it a different way? And yet that's a tendency that we all have is because, because we have to cultivate this relationship. We have to press in. We have to listen. We have to yield. Um, sometimes people go, well, just tell me what, tell me the things I need to do and I'll go and do those things. But that's not where our life is found. Our life is found pressing in, uh, in our relationship with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and experiencing Him. And so this is what Paul is telling you. So it's all sowing and reaping. You're going to, you want to, you want to sow into those things so that you reap the full and abundant life that Jesus came for us to experience. Then he says, look, don't give up. Don't give up. That's that great advice. Don't give up. Sometimes I just want to look at people and say, don't give up. I know life gets hard sometimes. I get living in a fallen world on a broken planet. I experience those days too where it just seems like everything that could go wrong does go wrong. You ever have that? And, like, and then you, you start wondering how many things can go wrong. And you shouldn't say that. <laughs> More apparently. Ah! Don't give up. Because that's, you know, see, the, the, the church was kind of at that moment where maybe we should give up. Maybe we should quit doing it this way. This is hard. We're being persecuted. It doesn't, it's not all like, you know, happening the way we want. You know, it's not all white picket fences and rainbows and sunshine. And it's hard. Fallen world, broken planet stuff. But Paul says there's no life back the way you were before. Amazing life is always found in pressing in and pressing on. Never, ever give up. 
And, and you know, he, he's saying this in verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good, in, in living the way that we're supposed to live, in pressing into the Holy Spirit. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Not only in the future we've looked at that, but even now. Pressing in, there's always amazing things that come from continuing to press in in our relationship and keeping in step with the Spirit and being led by Him and taught by Him and all those things. And so he's, he's sort of in, in chapter 6, what he's encouraging us to do is to remember everything that he's just written about in those first five chapters so that we continue to do them. And if you remember, we looked and we got, we got into Galatians 1. And, and uh, chapter one, and I said, this is, you know, so amazing. And the big thing here is, is we got to be careful not to cross plus. Remember me talking about that? Don't add things to the gospel. What Jesus did for us was enough. That's how we find life. The gospel, the good news. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. Well, I'm not exactly sure what it means. It means that because we've all chosen to go our own way, sin, um, what happened was the enemy came in and messed everything up at that point and we were separated from our relationship with God. And we couldn't ever be good enough or do enough stuff to restore that relationship on our own strength. It wasn't going to happen. So God came. Fully God, fully man. Jesus arrived on the scene. What's he do? He lives the perfect, sinless human life that none of us could. Does it perfectly. And then he willingly goes to the cross on our behalf. And, and he takes on in this most amazing thing. At this one point in history, he takes on, he marshals all of the sin, all of the mess, all of the consequences of the fall. He takes it all on there on the cross. And he dies with it. And he takes it down with him. And he leaves that mess down there. And then he demonstrates that he has power over sin and death by rising again. Firstborn of new creation. Showing us that that's what's going to happen with us. And ushers in all sorts of new things. And all we have to do is we have to hear that. And we have to believe it. And we respond to it. We, we, we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. We believe in our hearts what he's done. We confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. You know, at the end of today, I'm, I'm going to, I don't always do that. I normally talk about that. But I'm actually, we're going to take a moment when I finish here. And I'm going to invite some of you to do that with me. When I get there, just so you know, it'll be heads bowed, eyes closed, just for a moment. And I'll have you slip your hand in the air to respond. And I just want to make sure you get it. But that'll be later, just so you know it's coming. Well, that's the gospel. And, and Paul says, listen, don't let people come and try and add to that. Because the church has been doing that for 2,000 years. We've got to be careful. That's us. We, we do that. And we personally have done it too. We, we, we keep thinking, yeah, oh yeah, well, you've got to know Jesus. But then you also got to do this, 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 and that. And maybe you've got it down to just this that you've got to do. But don't add to it. The gospel is enough. Because what happens is Holy Spirit comes and lives in us when we respond to Jesus. And then he leads and guides and teaches and directs. And he's, he tells us what we're supposed to be doing. He shows us what it's looked like. He convicts. He, he does all those neat, amazing things. We have this relationship with him. A living relationship with the God of the universe. He's in you and he wants you to partner with him. And he's going to lead you and guide you through life. It's better than anything that you could have, you know, in a whole, well, give me the top ten or whatever it is. Now, here you go. We're going to walk this thing out. And so that's what we saw in chapter 1. And we get a hold of that. And we move into chapter 2. And he starts talking, Paul does, about our new identity in Christ that we have now. And that identity is that we're part of the family of God. And I hope that you will take that in on a regular basis. That, that you know, you'll go, oh, I'm, I'm part of the family of God. I'm a child of God. 
And he, he made sure that we got it. And he ties in, you know, inheritance. And he, he, he says, well, you know, Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. And if you have the family, in, uh, the family inheritance, I almost said that backwards. Uh, if you have the family inheritance, guess what? You're part of the family. And that all happened because of Jesus. It wasn't about all this other stuff. It's because you chose to follow Jesus. And so Holy Spirit lives in you. And he's a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. You have the family inheritance. You're part of the family. That's your identity. The enemy used to set your identity for you, but now your identity is found in Christ. And so we have these new identities as the family of God. It's an amazing thing that's happened for us. And he, he moves into to, to, uh, the third chapter of Galatians. And, you know, he continues to, to pour into us everything that's going on. And, and there, you know, the, the main points were about hearing and believing. Again, it wasn't about doing a whole bunch of things. It was about hearing and believing. Because he talked about Abram and Abraham. It was credited to him as righteousness. What was his great moral way of living? No, the fact that he heard and believed this promise that God gave him about family that was going to be beyond the stars and that's fulfilled in us. And so, so we get that, that it's hearing and, and believing is where we begin to find life. And, and we experience, you know, the inheritance. I brought that in again in week three. Because Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And I hope you don't get tired of this question. If God living in you is a deposit, is a portion, it's a part of your inheritance, what is your inheritance going to be like? Don't ever stop thinking about that. You, you, that should just be something, and, and you should just, you know, there's a spot in the Bible where it says you can't even begin to outthink God. You can't even begin to imagine some of those things. But I would, I would ask you, stretch yourself and just begin to imagine, because sometimes when life is hard, that's what you need to think about. Yeah, it's hard right now, but I'm a part of the family of God. I'm an eternal being, and this thing gets better and better and better. And I know it's a broken world and a fallen planet, but I'm part of the family of God. Holy Spirit dwells in me. I've got this amazing inheritance. I can't, it's such an amazing, I can't even think about it. I can't even grasp it. But I'm going to continue to remember it. So we get a hold of that in Galatians 3. And he, he moves us into Galatians 4 and Paul then weaves in. Amazingly, he weaves in the Exodus story. So important that you understand that you have your Exodus in Jesus, that you've been set free from slavery and bondage because of what Jesus has done. Just like the, the people of Israel were set free from slavery and bondage to the Egyptians, you've been set free from slavery and bondage because of what Jesus has done. He set you free from the enemy's hold on you. And, and Paul weaves in the ideas of redemption. Ah, oh, so to be redeemed means that your mess has been paid for. Your sin has been not only paid for, you've been purchased and then set free. That's redemption. But not only that, not only did Jesus come and, and purchase us and set us free, he then adopts us. We're adopted. God adopts us into his family. We're the family of God. And then he talks about inheritance again because he doesn't want us to forget that. And all these things are going on. And, and we looked in Galatians 4, and there's that wonderful picture, too, of Abba, Father. That amazing relationship we have. It's this two sort of fold thing happening for us, where we get to know God, Father God, personally, intimately, as Daddy, as Papa. We can, we can just imagine ourselves being, you know, sitting in His lap and being held on to by Him. And that He tells us He loves us, and He's proud of us, and He's there for us. And at the same time... We're partnering with him in the world to change things that, that, that he leads and he guides and he sets us out and that our original vocation was restored to partner with him and make a difference in the world around us and all that was there so we can take that in and we, we moved into Galatians 5. 
And there, as I talked about a little, it's all about the fruit that, this Holy, that the Holy Spirit wants to develop in us. And that the fruit of the Spirit is a picture of what it means to be more fully human. That the enemy wants to steal away your humanity. He wants to dehumanize you. But the Holy Spirit wants you to become, wants you to be more and more like Jesus who models for us what humanity was always intended to be. If you ever have a question, just read the Gospels and look at Jesus. And he's so amazing. I, I hope when you read it, because I still read it this way, I'm always amazed at how, how differently he responds to situations than I would even now. He always just knows what to say, and things, things don't seem to get to him sometimes the way they, they get to us. You know, this, is a, this has been a fairly stressful season in our lives for most people. And the ways that often that we could deal with stress before aren't available to us anymore. We can't do a lot of the things that we used to do. You can't just go out and watch a movie or do those things easily anymore. You can't, it's not as easy to go and do something that's a stress reliever. And so the stress level has built up. I don't know if you've noticed that. And sometimes, you know, in our relationships, because we just, we're not, because we're stressed and, and so we kind of, we might poke one another. I don't know, anybody you get poked? Not physically. You know what I mean? You just think, eh, little shots because I'm a little stressed and I, I don't know. And, and <laughs> the National Leader of the Vineyard said something in a video the other day I watched. It was a short video. And I don't, I, I'm taking it out of context, but I love this so much. He said, he said this, he said, listen, you don't have to swing at every pitch. And I, what that means is, because people are stressed, they're going to lob you some pitches. And you don't, guess what? You don't have to swing at them. You can just decide, you know, I'm just going to let that one go. Because it's just because everybody's stressed. I don't need to get all worked up about that. I don't need to take that on. I don't have to swing at every pitch. That's very freeing. I'd encourage you to, to see if you can't. Get to first base on, you know, without having to even swing. <laughs> and let them walk you around. But, but we don't have to. And, and so we have this picture of Abba Father and, and what that means. And then Galatians 5, fruit of the Spirit being developed in us. Holy Spirit living in us, being more fully human. We get to chapter 6, which is what I've been talking about now. And he says, listen, now here's all this stuff. You know what you've got to do now? Go do it. Just go live it out. You've, you've heard this before because I've said it for the last 20 years. Do the next right thing. That's, that's what life looks like. That's where we experience life. I, I'm, I love how it's, I think it sums it up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, you're going to have opportunities constantly. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I love, I always wondered about that. That's pretty interesting. Do good to everybody, but especially those. What's, what's he trying to tell us here? And I think, I think this might be helpful. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the world. People send me things. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? You know, what, how do we respond to these things? And, you know, I've been telling people this. I, I prayed a lot about this. That, that this is kind of how I think we're supposed to live this. I just tell them, listen, trust God. Trust God. That's what you do. Live one day at a time. Trying to do the next right thing. I just think that is what he's been saying, what Paul's been saying in this chapter, in these verses. Look, just trust, trust God. And live one day at a time. Just trying to do the next right thing. And then he brings it down. And he says, listen, especially to the family of believers. So he's talking to Galatians. Listen, especially to what's happening here. Now, here's all these things that are going on in the world and even on in the church. 
And, and now they're, they're bringing this, these other people, and they're trying to put all this mess on you. But Paul says, no, listen, you remember who you are. You're the family of God. All the things that have happened. Life is found in Jesus. Don't go any other way. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And, and I want you to live this thing out in, in the area that you're living. So here's, here's how I, I want to try and say this. Life is really found right in your immediate vicinity. So life is really found in the relationships that you have with your family, with your friends, with your co-workers, in the community you live. That's where you experience. That's where you have opportunities to do the most things. There is a lot of things right now going on in the world, in the bigger picture. I get it. I totally get it. But if you get consumed by all of that, what happens is you stop having life where you're supposed to have it. And, and you can't get that time back. The enemy steals that. And I'm watching him steal life from people who are just overwhelmed. I don't know. Be careful. I understand bigger picture stuff. But don't, as a believer, don't let the enemy steal your life by getting your focus where it doesn't need to be. Start here. Make sure you're doing these things well. You love on the people. That, you should be enjoying life. You're a believer. You have this amazing inheritance. If, if sort of what is defining you right now is that you're angry all the time, change your focus a little. We're not, there is a righteous anger, I get that, but it comes and it passes and you deal with it and you press in and you, but, but what's the, what's supposed to be developed in us? What does it look like? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Anger didn't make the list. I just don't want you to lose life. We have... The, the, the world's a mess, but, but God's with us. We have a life. And experience it to the full. Enjoy it where you can. Uh, every moment. Look for opportunities to, to make a difference in the world. To partner with your Abba Father. And when it gets tough, jump in there. Oh, Daddy, this is tough. I know, I got you. But let's go and do this. And that's where we find life. That's what Paul is telling the church. Don't let all this mess ruin the relationship you have, the life that you're having right now. Enjoy it. Dive into it. Be blessed by it. Be an encouragement to not only your family and your friends, but to the world. Because you've got Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You're a child of the King. It's the most amazing thing that can happen in your life. So, um, Alice, why don't you work your way up? I want to do this uh, while Alice is coming up. We're going to pray. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Would you just take a moment, because of what I said earlier. I won't keep you this way long, I promise. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute? And, and if you're in the room, or if you're watching online, and, and you can say, you know what? I've never really asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And I want to do that today. I want to get in on the story. I want to follow him. All I want to do is pray with you, heads out, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And if you would pray that simple prayer with me uh, right now, would you just slip your hand in the air? Because I want to pray with you. Okay, good. I see hands coming up. Good for you. Good, good, good. Good. Okay, you can put your hands down. But let's all pray. This is a great prayer. And we families do family things. It's very simple. It's just this. Say, say this after me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now let me pray for you. You don't have to repeat. Lord, I pray for those. There are many hands that came up. I pray right now, God, that you would just fill them with all that you are. Holy Spirit, that you come and you begin to lead and guide. That, that angels in heaven rejoice as people pray that prayer here and online even. And so, Holy Spirit, thank you for life and for what you're doing. Jesus, thank you for all that you've done for us. Father, thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness and all that it means. And I would pray too that, that each person here, God, would just settle once again in who you are and in your amazing love for them and in the, the life that you've given us now and forever. And Lord, we just want to partner with you and make a difference in the world around us. Alice. Amen. I just have a couple things. And um, the first one is that I just felt that word when Steve talked about someone being angry. You maybe felt a little poked. But God, I felt like God would say to you today, you can just, what would happen if you surrendered that anger to me? What would happen? Just surrender it to me. Let it go. Um, doesn't mean that you have any control over any people in the situation or any outcome, but you just surrender that to him. And Pastor Angie has, has one. You know, we pray before each service, and in our prayer room we have these candles, and you have to shake them on and shake them off. So we put a sign by the door that said, please shake the candles when you leave. But as we were praying, she just had a word that whatever you came in here with, whatever was burdening you today, you can shake it off and then put on, put on the Holy Spirit, put it on in a deeper way. That's it. Amen. Good job. If you prayed with me earlier, asking Jesus in your life, would you text the word heart? Uh, to that number, 305-745-7513, just so I can celebrate with you and know what's going on. and It will respond to you and give you some, some things that can maybe help you on your journey. So do that. Let me thank you again, church, for your amazing generosity. What a great and amazing group. We're so thankful for who you are. Thankful for your faithfulness to giving and offering and tithing, all those things that you do. Uh, you can That's how to do it digitally or, or, or mail it in there, or there's offering boxes here, here, and on the doors on your way out. So thank you again for that. Let's sing doxology, and then we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Thanks for watching online. As you're leaving the facility, please go out these doors. They'll be open for you. Give people room on the way out. Have a great, ooh, looks like a pretty day. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. God bless you all. We'll see you soon. And thank you for watching us online and loved having you with us today. Brand new series starting next week called uh, Imager and Training. So uh, we'll, get, we'll get geared up for that. Enjoy Galatians 6. Enjoy your day. And uh, we love you guys. Thanks for being with us. God bless you all. Have a great week. See you soon. Bye-bye.
Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.